the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for. And today, Pastor Sean continues the series called The Contrarian Guide to Real Life with a focus today on leadership. He has four key questions a servant leader must address. If you have a Bible nearby, Hebrews chapter 13 and 1 Peter 5 are a couple of places to put markers. And also put a bookmarker on your web browser at reallife.org. That's where you'll find the complete podcast of this series and easy to follow notes, all free for the taking. Again, that's at reallife.org. But thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. This is Real Life Radio. We're created to change the world. We're not created just to go along to get along. It's just not how it works. God created us for something powerful, something different. He created us to make a difference. And we have to decide, okay, are we going to step up and receive that? Are we going to embrace that destiny? Or are we going to kind of just get in line with the sheep and kind of just let life kind of lead us where it wants to take us? That's what this whole series that we're in, the Contrarian's Guide to Real Life, is about. We recognize... You want to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to be contrarian because Jesus was the ultimate contrarian. You're going to go against the flow on a whole lot of things, and that's a really good place to be. We saw that Jesus always starts on the inside and then works it out, and then the outer stuff kind of just gets in line once that inside is brought into alignment and how different that is than kind of conventional worldly system. We saw that this contrarian thing impacts everything. It's a different wisdom It'll affect your work, it'll affect your money, it'll affect your marriage. Last week we even talked your politics. It'll change the way we interact politically. It just makes us different. And today I want to talk about the contrarian leader. Um, John Maxwell says that the the essence of, of leadership is influence. He says leadership is influence. And I, I, I like that definition. I really do. Because sometimes when we start saying we're going to talk about leadership, some people go, oh, well, I'm not a leader, so this doesn't really apply to me. It's not my deal. Um, this is for someone else. I want to say if we understand leadership as influence, then, yeah, we're all under leadership and we're, we, all, we give leadership. And I mean, I want you to think of all the areas where you might be in leadership right now at home. You're a leader. You're influencing people, changing lives. At work, you're a leader. At church, at school, all the different areas where we impact leadership. And and understand, that's a big deal. If leadership is influence, and by the way, influence is neutral. It can be good or bad. And I want to just start out by acknowledging. When you talk about this subject, leadership, some people get a little bit kind of weird because they have been damaged by leadership. Understand something. Very important. Bad leadership can really damage good people. Bad leadership can damage good people. And I see it all the time. People who come into my office or who we're working with in, in ministry who have been damaged 
by a leader somewhere, whether that be a parent, whether that be a boss, a teacher, a pastor. They've been damaged by bad leadership. And so it throws everything off. They, they live in a state of mistrust. Anytime they come under, in, into a situation where there's a leader, first response, mistrust. Oh, you're a leader, I mistrust you. Self-doubt. Because some leaders said to them, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. You never, you never, you always, you always. And so they live with self-doubt. Self-image issues. Because the voice of some influencer keeps playing a tape. You'll never do this. You, you always fall into this trap. And, and that tape plays over and over and over again. Bad leadership can really hurt good people. I have to tell you, as a pastor, because the church, while we are an organization, we operate more like a family in our small group models and just because, because we're relational. We're kind of like that. The Scripture says we are the family of God. I have to tell you, as a pastor, I've bumped into people's dad issues a lot. It's true. You, you're, you're having a conversation or you're dealing with something and you're like, there's all this other emotion and baggage being brought into the conversation. You're like, we've been talking for like two minutes here and there's all this stuff. Is there someone else here in the room? Oh, yes, there is actually. Dad's right here. Because you brought him in with you and you have issues and you're, because I'm pastor and other pastors, small group leaders, you may have experienced this, we're dealing with issues from previous leaders. Bad leadership can really damage good people. We just watched a whole nation, two of them, Egypt and now in a more violent expression, Libya, totally revolt against what they perceive to be bad leadership. This is a really important conversation. Now, good leadership causes enterprises and groups to absolutely thrive. And listen to this. Great leadership causes people to thrive. Good leadership causes enterprises and groups to thrive. Great leadership causes people to thrive. Healthy leadership empowers and releases people, helps them realize their full potential. Healthy leadership helps them go places they might never have gone, to do things they might never have tried or done, become things they never would have become on their own. Healthy leadership just empowers people. I wish more and more leaders, influencers, understood that leadership is a stewardship of people's of people resources and potential. And we have the power to help release that and fan the flames. Maxwell has another statement that he made that I have to admit, first time I heard it, I was like, okay, that's, I don't know, that seems a little extreme. He said, everything rises and falls on leadership. When I began to study leadership and realize how much leadership is about relationship and, and developing people, I kind of embraced the, the statement. Yeah, it really does. Everything rises and falls on leadership because leadership can either raise people up or push people down. So yeah, he's got a great point. I, I want to suggest that because of the mixed bag of background when it comes to leadership, we kind of have a love-hate thing with leaders. So, you know, we, we And I, I really believe that that's really a love-hate thing with authority. And I don't think you can... I, I think one of the reasons we struggle so much with leadership, whether that's we're in leadership or we're under leadership, is because we don't have a healthy understanding of authority. Listen to this passage of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Pastor, you want to get in trouble? Kind of make this, put this on your wall and just make it kind of your mantra. It says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Something about that just rubs you wrong. Obey? Yeah, obey your leaders, submit to your authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. And people right away, they just chafe at that. 
Obey your leaders. Submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Right away, that just kind of pushes a little button in us. And I think it's because we struggle with this idea, this concept of authority. I learned a lot about leadership and authority. I worked, before I got into ministry, I worked, just needed a job at one point and worked for an automotive company that had multiple locations. I worked for the owner of the, and the franchisor. So I worked in, in the shops or I worked doing outside sales. I just worked in a number of capacities because I worked there for a number of years. And the owner and I, I mean, I had kind of a friendship with him. We had kind of this humor relationship, but he was the type of guy who, man, he was a churner and burner of people. And there were a lot of things I looked at in his leadership, and I just thought, man, I would do things totally different. He's the type of guy, you remember in the movie Devil Wears Prada when she kind of comes in and they all warn each other? Okay, you could see when he drove up, the expression on his face would tell you, okay, get the armor on, because here it comes, or, okay, it's going to be an okay day. It's all right. And you could just prep yourself for it, right? I have to tell you, I disagreed with a lot of the way that guy led, and I, whether that would, some of those things would lead to fruitfulness or some of those things would lead to not so much. Um, I learned so much about authority because I had to wrestle with the issue. When I disagreed, I had to go back, and I prayed about this, and I think God taught me a leadership lesson. Whose business is it, Sean? Well, it's his business. Okay, then as long as he's paying you, it's not illegal, immoral, unbiblical, then do it because it's his business. And really, that so helped me. It was like I was able to just go, oh, okay. It's his business. It's not illegal, immoral. It doesn't force me to disobey the Lord, contradict Scripture. Just do what the guy asks, because at the end of the day, it's his business. He's paying my paycheck, and it helped me draw healthy lines and understand, and this is very important, his sphere of authority was that business. And within that sphere, it was his. He was the authority. I was a manager, so I had certain spheres of authority in that business where I had guys who worked for me. And in those areas, I had authority. But in, over the company, he had authority. Now, there were some parts of that business that I felt were dishonest and became more and more apparent to me. And I was feeling pressure to be dishonest, and so I quit. That's another really important lesson. I had the absolute freedom to remove myself out from under that authority. I didn't have to sit and cry about it, complain, make my family miserable, make myself miserable, make everybody around me miserable. I had the freedom to remove myself from that authority. This is a very important principle. I believe the key to authority is in the hands of the person who's under authority, and we give that authority to someone. And we can take it back. Understand, Scripture said, remember last week, we read Romans 13. It says, there is no authority that has established that it doesn't come from God. All authority is from God. And it says, because that, submit to those authorities. We're supposed to submit to the authority. But it all comes from God, and it's established by God. And that is such an important idea. And understand, because God, who is overall, all authority exists because of Him, God gave us a free will. We can tell God no. Did you know that? If, if not, just open a newspaper. There's lots of people telling God no. Okay? Really. We have a free will. It's a bad idea to tell God no. Really bad. 
always leads to bad things because he loves us and wants good things, but we have a free will. Jesus said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Most go there. Narrow is the gate that leads to life. Few find it. We have a choice. And when you understand that we have a choice and you go, well, but the government, we have to obey that authority, right? No, you don't. You can go to jail. You're be free. I mean, think about it. It's true. We have a choice. We have free will. And when you understand that so much of the power is in the person who's under authority, this is huge, guys. Very, very important. Leaders need to know this and people under authority need to know that. It, it, move, it changes your leadership. You stop leading with, with, with position and you start leading with permission. And then that's powerful leadership. When people willingly say, I value your role in my life, I value where you're going, and I want to let you lead me, and they give you the keys to leadership, now that's real leadership. You're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, and if you'd like to follow River City, you can do that with Twitter and Facebook. The links are at reallife.org. And when you're there, you'll also notice the calendar, all the great groups that meet every week, plus plenty of chances to do something good, places to serve like the homeless ministry and Bible studies and family activities. Again, that's at reallife.org. And, of course, Pastor Sean's always in the middle of another great series like this one. Here's Pastor Sean on Real Life Radio. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to invite you to our current series of messages called Downgraded, Embracing Financial Reality. Our nation recently went through a financial downgrade that has shocked our markets as well as a whole lot of people. Financial problems aren't just a government thing. They impact individuals and families as well. We're going to address the things that got us here, as well as some great biblical wisdom that will get us out. River City is a church for real life, and this topic is as real life as it gets. Don't miss this series of messages called Downgraded, Embracing Financial Reality. River City is located one half mile inside of 1604 on Redland Road and jones Maltzberger. Sunday service times are 8, 9.30, 11.15, and of course our 111 Coffee House service. At 11.15, we even have translation headsets for our Spanish-speaking friends. River City is a multi-site church and also has campuses in New Braunfels and Northwest San Antonio. Go to reallife.org for more information, and we'll see you on the road to real life. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church, and this is Real Life Radio. It becomes a blessing when those in leadership and under leadership understand the nature of authority, and we're messed up in our culture about authority and we start when we get it right we start leading from a place of permission rather than position now first peter chapter five beginning at verse one peter is writing in his epistle and he's talking to church leaders he says to the elders and elders are the leaders over the church okay to the elders among you i appeal as a fellow elder a witness of christ's sufferings and a one who will also share in the glory to be revealed be shepherds of god's flock that is under your care serving key word as overseers not because you must but because you're willing as god wants you to be not greedy for money but eager to serve there's that word again not lording it over those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock and when the chief shepherd appears you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away see the contrarian leader understands one very contrarian core principle the call to lead is the call to serve the call to lead lead is the call to serve and man when we get this as leaders this is so contrarian because see we think of leadership and right away because of the training in our culture because of the carnal nature because it's just the selfishness of man 
we think of power and privilege. And that's why we sometimes resent leaders. They have power and privilege. I don't. And so when we become leaders, we go, ha ha, now I get, in my little sphere of influence, I have the power and the privilege. And rather, what Peter's trying to teach leaders is saying, no, 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 you shouldn't be focusing on power and privilege. You should be focusing on responsibility and stewardship. Responsibility and stewardship. And so, you know, we every day have parade in front of us, political leaders, business leaders, government leaders, all over who, who are not understanding this simple principle that the call to lead is the call to serve. Now, four questions I think a servant leader, a contrarian leader has to address. Okay, four questions. First one, number one, why am I leading? It's a very important question. Why am I leading? The contrarian leader understands that the hardest part, the hardest person to lead in this room, the hardest person for me to lead is me, right? And don't look at me like that. You guys are going, yeah, Sean, you are hard to lead. We've been trying for years and it's just not going well. No, you're missing the point. For you, the hardest person for you to lead is you. And the hardest person for me to lead is me. And if we will get a handle on self-leadership, a whole lot of things get a lot easier. And this idea of answering the question, why is it that I'm leading, goes to the very core of one of the biggest problems in leadership, and it's this issue of motive. What's my motive for leading? And there are all kinds of leaders who are leading for the wrong reason. Unhealthy leadership usually comes right down to this, a person leading for the wrong reasons, unhealthy reasons, meeting personal needs through my leadership. Someone needs to be noticed. Maybe they felt they were disregarded. They didn't get enough attention. They didn't get enough affirmation. I need to be noticed. It's a self-image issue. And so I will climb the top of the ladder and I will be the leader and then they will notice me. It's a surefire formula for unhealthy leadership. Maybe I have control issues. I don't like being out of control. I have control issues and I want to, I want to get control. And so I'll become the leader and hence homeowners associations run amok, you know. Several of you homeownership, <laughs> several of you are homeowner association presidents and like, ah, I have the power now. <laughs> control issues. We don't like being out of control. We want to be able to control our destiny. Figure if I'm the leader, then I have control and I won't be out of control. It's an unhealthy motive for leadership. How about just a refusal to submit to authority? You don't tell me I do what I want. I do whatever I want. You don't tell me. I don't obey nobody. Really. And there's this, just this thing of, you know, I don't want to be under any authority, so I'll go and do my own thing. Very unhealthy. Because all good leadership, not only is it in authority, it's under authority. That's an important principle. If you're leading because you don't want anyone telling you what to do, you have a problem. And you will carry out unhealthy leadership. How about leading to use people to get what I want? I have an objective I want to realize. I need people. This is the kind of driven leader that burns people up, man. They go through people. Get another one. Get another one because I use people to get what I want. My goal, my ambition, my money, my dream, my objective, whatever it is. I'm just going to fill the pipeline with people because I've got a goal and it's more important than anything else. Clearly, a formula for unhealthy leadership. No. A call to lead is a call to serve. We looked at, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at, at Matthew's account this is from Mark. 
He wrote about the time when John and James came to Jesus and asked to be seated at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. Remember, their mom came too. And then verse 41 of Mark 10, when the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And then we see Jesus calls them together. He's going to give them a little seminar on leadership. He says, you know, those who regard or are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles, they lord it over them. Their high officials exercise the authority over them. Uh, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, even Jesus, God incarnate, didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Leading for the purpose of serving. Really big idea. Leading for the purpose of serving. This idea of servant leadership, I'm, I'm afraid, has been a little bit messed up. Um, some people think being a servant leader means doing what everybody else wants. That's not a servant leader. A servant leader is someone who leads for the purpose of serving. A lot of pastors in the past have gotten caught with this. I've helped coach and worked with a pastor a little bit who had this issue. And I mean, he had this small little church. He was a great guy. And he thought to be a servant leader, he would go and be available at the church office. And anytime someone had a need, and he'd help building the deck in the back of the house. He was there. Uh, one of the older ladies in the congregation needed a light bulb change. He would go. And all this stuff. And, and his very small group of people absolutely loved him. No wonder. I had him do a few things for me before we talked about this issue and fixed it. You know, I, well, yeah, you know, that's not true. Some of you are thinking, it was Willie. No, it was not. It was not. You ruined him. No, but I, I, I had to sit this brother down and, and I had to say, you know, um, number one, you got a church full of people who need to be serving one another just like you're serving. One, while you're out running around doing all this, what are they have an opportunity to do? And how are they able to work in the body and meet the needs? And, and, and number two, and I think even most important, while you're out doing that, who's doing the essential leadership responsibilities that only you can do? While you're doing things that lots of different people could and should be doing, Who's doing the few things that only you can do? And because of the obvious unhealth in his organization, weren't getting done. And it was kind of like a, a light bulb moment of having to say, wow. Listen to the, what the disciples said about this. This, is, this statement, in light of the conventional, some of the conventional sentiment about servant leadership, it seems almost shocking. In Acts chapter 6, we read this, verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, Christians, the number of Christians being part of the church was growing, the Grecian Jews, there were Hellenistic Greek-speaking Jews, and there were Hebrew-speaking Jews. The Greek-speaking Jews, the Grecian Jews, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily dist- distribution of food. They would take care of the poor, the needy, the widows, through distribution of food and just caring for. And some of these Greek-speaking poor were being overlooked and they were kind of marginalized and so they went to the apostles and they kind of brought it up and they they said something about it so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and they said listen to this it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables god what you too good leader you too good to put a towel over your arm and serve they want to say brothers Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. 
And you're like, typical preacher, don't want to get his hands dirty. Yeah, I knew it. That's everything I ever, every prejudice I ever had. When they said prayer in the ministry of the word, they're talking about following the Lord. They're talking about leadership and listening God's direction and determining the direction where this would go. The essential job of leaders. And they were very plain and very clear. Hey, let's appoint some godly leaders to take care of that very valid responsibility. But we must not stop being the leaders that God called us to be. And understand what we're talking about is leading for the purpose of serving. That's servant leadership. Lead for the purpose of serving rather than getting what I want or meeting my needs. Why am I leading? Another simple reason to lead is because you're called and gifted to. We're, uh, Romans 12, verse 6 to 8, talks about spiritual gifts. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Serving, let him serve. Teaching, let him teach. Encouraging, encourage. Contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. It is a spiritual gift. And it's one to be taken seriously. So the question, why am I leading? If I'm a parent, why am I leading? Parents, you ever corrected your kid and then had to stop and realize, you know, what I'm saying is more about how I'm appearing in front of people than what's actually going on in my child's life. Why am I leading? Why am I at work? Why am I leading? Why am I exercising my authority in this way? At school, wherever it is that you find yourself leading, here at church, in small group, why am I leading? Important question. The call to lead is the call to serve. You've been listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, as next week on this station, Pastor Sean will continue this series on the contrarian leader. Of course, you're more than welcome to visit River City It's located at the corner of Jones-Maltzberger and Redland Road, about a half mile inside Loop 1604 on the north side of San Antonio. And if you need more details, directions, and service times, just go to the website, reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.